Hello everyone, welcome back to the top of the card. This is Scott, one of your five co-hosts. Yes, we are all back, and yes, we are all back earlier than planned. Because a show happened last night, and we want to talk about it right quick. So let me run through the cast here. We have Jonathan C.T. Martin joining me. How are you this fine day? Pretty good. I think Top of the Card is the only wrestling podcast that promises you every other week and then gives you every week. So that's something to be happy about, I guess. Yeah, we're going twice as often as <laughs> we expected. Um, we This would have been the show six weeks after the first, and yet here we are week three. So, yeah, that's a good start. Uh, GMSG, how are you uh, this day? I'm doing all right. It was a fun show. <laughs> Red, how are you here this uh, evening? I don't know what the, this the thing is. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm I'm sticking with it. I'm excited to give my opinion on something I don't care about. If anybody's wondering about how this show is going to go, that's probably what you want to hear. That's going to be some fun stuff. And we save Bear Me for last. Uh, Bear Me, how are you doing? Uh, doing all right. Sober, so you know. <laughs> now <laughs> doing all right. Mm hmm. Well, we are we are gathered here to talk about the AEW Revolution pay-per-view from last night, 2021, the first AEW show of the year. Uh, this was something Cody's called their WrestleMania in the past, and when you look at the card, if you want to go back and listen to our second hour of our last week's show, we broke down the entirety of the card and our general feelings for AEW overall. Uh, if you want to hear that, we are on Spotify. We are Top of the Card Pod on Twitter. We are on YouTube with the the podcast coming to that one. It's, that's slow on me. Uh, but we're everywhere. If you want to find it, you can like, favorite, subscribe, follow us on all of those things. Uh, the the pay-per-view, though, uh, it, from last week, we were, we were morbidly curious is one way to put it. And as CT said, I'll, I'll summarize this was probably the best one. It can only go up if you have no expectations. It's not an actual quote, but that's the kind of idea. He, people were just not really caring, but, I mean, that gives you every chance to get a surprise. And for most of it, I think most of us, because we were pretty much all there watching in the Discord live uh, over on our Frontline Discord, if you go to Frontline League on Twitter and follow through there with the Frontline Prediction League on that YouTube, you can go in there as well to our live event chat. Nice segue. Uh, you can actually follow along and hear us laugh and complain and then get previews for what the podcast will end up being. This show... I, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll go through an order. That's the best place to start. But on paper, looked interesting, but I don't know if it looked good. But it had potential to surprise. CT, I think that's kind of what you were getting at, right? Sure. I mean, I, I actively don't don't like this company and every show for the past maybe year has like actively pissed me off. So like when you go in with something, I mean, it could only impress or just meet my expectations of being horrible. So like it couldn't be worse than I expected because I at this point in the AEW, I expect them to literally murder the talent. So like, you know, it's it's can't be worse than that. So what and you're saying is you have a very low bar, very, 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 very low bar. Now, Red, you actively don't care about this company. We have CT who doesn't like them at all, and some hate them. Like, you, you can say it's AEW or WWE fans, whatever, doing this. No, he has his reasons. He doesn't like WWE either. But Red, Red just doesn't care about it. He, uh, Red, I, you, you've said that I you wouldn't... like watching it along with us and with the FBL stuff. Like that, that's why you're invested. 
Yeah, that's the only reason I pay attention to anything AW. It's not like I'm against them or have any personal feelings. Just I, I only have so much time, and I've already put, invested so much like, of my life into WWE. So now I got to pick up something new, start following. I just mm-hmm. I can care less about doing it. So mm-hmm. my bar it, it might be a little bit higher than CTs, just because you if you want me to keep coming back, you got to impress me a little bit. Now something um, something I know that you've said in GMSG, you can probably come in on this one as well is that they promote themselves as being different and yet really aren't in any substantial way right they definitely go very wcw a lot yeah yeah it's that's the cody fanboyism but and the oh we're not wwe we want don't want to be like wwe yet references them every other week in their shows Mm -hmm. i mean Bear me to go full circle with everybody here before we dive in. Uh, you saw the giant ring, the brass ring. Speaking of references, like that—that that is a Sonic. WWE reference of grabbing that brass ring with everybody who leaves and goes to other companies. That—that—that's become a thing, and even Cesaro talks about it recently and stuff. It's—it's it's a legitimate thing, but also a, a meme as well. And they hung an actual brass ring over the, the ladder match last night. Like, what did you think when you saw that? I thought it looked ridiculous. But, um, but hey, at least the right guy won the match, and, um, it's good for that. Yeah. But, uh, I, um, I mean, I know, I know that we'll get into the pay-per-view, but, uh, I was actually pleasantly surprised by, uh, it not being horrible, and it was actually a decent pay-per-view, for, in my opinion. Yeah, so. and, and, and I'll, I'll agree on that. I went in... I'm always trying to be optimistic, but I do come off very pessimistic in some ways because I just know their history and how they can screw things up. Uh, but I always hope for the best, and then when they let me down, well, there you go. Uh, this did overall, like, I enjoyed it. It is it is a bit questionable because I know CT and I were looking at that $50 price tag, and it's like, did I get $50 worth? I don't think so. But did I enjoy my four hours? Mostly. And I mean that's a weird, damning way to look at it. But I mean, bear me, you were overall mostly satisfied. CT, how were you overall with this show? No, I was actually. I mean, I don't think it was a great, um, amazing show or anything. But I thought it was completely like every match ranged from being outright bad, being passable, other than one match, which genuinely is in the running for like I would say match of the year contention for me, which I loved, and we'll get to that. Um, I mean, it was a standard, but at least it was passable throughout. I don't think there was a single match on here that I couldn't stand or anything. So Mm -hmm. I was impressed. It wasn't something where like, oh, I'm sold on AEW, going to check out Dynamite. But like, it was completely passable. Yeah, I I agree. Like, because I'm keeping track of my favorite matches and and moments that are noteworthy for our year end. And if you want to go back and listen to our 2020 stuff, that's episode one. Uh, Only one match really stood out for me from this. And there was a few moments they did, too. And we'll, we'll get those as we go. Uh, Red, um, I know this is a funny thing, but I mean, it's the only show they've had, so best one of the year, right? Default? I mean, you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> They're setting up the beginning of the year with a, uh, I'm hoping, mediocre bar, and it's just going to be better throughout the year. But if they want me to come back for their daily, or not, I won't say daily, their weekly show, they got to do better. I'll come back for the next pay per view, but this weekly show of Dynamite, I'm not going to go watch because of the. So you're seeing this as a good building to hopefully, like, double or nothing is something worthwhile because this one was at least good enough to get you to come back. But Wednesday, you're not convinced. 
Yeah, if if they want to get the, I'm going to call myself a casual fan on their behalf of mm-hmm. AEW. Like, if they want me to come watch their show every week and be invested, you gotta be a little more adventurous and going outside the box because I feel like they played it safe with this show. I and agree. yeah, just it, it was mediocre. I mean, it was a good show, but I've seen better. And Jim, so. Jim, I know that they do this a lot where they do say they're adventurous. But they really aren't doing anything different. I know it's almost the same thing as before, but we're different than WWE, but they'll do the same kind of storylines, just a little bit different, and they'll, they'll have blood. Like, it's, it, it, they can clearly do it, because they have, but they don't do enough to make it worthwhile to really buy into what they're saying. We feel, as the clear AEW fans, but I know you and I, we'll, we'll watch damn near anything. Even if, like, we don't hate watch it, but we'll watch and be like, oh, all right, like, this, how did you feel about the show overall? Uh, I had very, very low expectations, and I'm happy for all the winners. I, I, I was fine with everyone who won. I predicted most of them like that, but uh, yeah, there's certain things in each match that kept happening every match, and that should not be a thing for a pay per view ever. And I'll get to that later, but and then the ending, but mm-hmm. oh, we'll get there. That's what everybody yeah. gets to go towards. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about the top of the card at the top of the cards at the main yeah. event. So it we'll, was, we'll get it to was that. It's all right, but God, for fifty dollars, what? No, yeah, no, it's that. That was a hard sell. It's the the, the only saving grace for me is there's not going to be another one of those till May. That's three months out. That's that's really only like two months. It's at end of May, so that's fine. I can justify another fifty bucks thrown at them there. Who knows? See, that's my justification. Like, number one, I wouldn't be paying for it if it wasn't for us in voice chat, number one. But number two, like, if I was to pay, I would pay $10, let's say, for an AEW network. Their shows are more than five months apart normally. So, like, Mm -hmm. really, it's even cheaper if I just pay for the pay-per-views. Like, yes, $50 is a lot for one show, but, like, overall, it's it's fine. Now, you do New Japan World, right? Yes, I do. And what's what's the rate on that? Uh, about ten dollars a month. I think it's a couple cents over because of exchange, but it's ten dollars a month, and then you get all their shows. Now so. they they don't really have like a raw type of weekly show, but they do shows regularly, no. right? Like it's pretty yes. common with their tours. So they do tours. So they have like imagine like they do like a pay per view a month. Let's say they have some pay per views that are like their multiple shows a couple over a couple weekends, but then you just have imagine like the house shows between them where it's pretty much the same like card every single time, some different results and stuff. And it's, you know, it's good wrestling, uh, but they broadcast all of those. And then you have the pay-per-views mm-hmm. and then they also now have the weekly American show, which is one hour every Friday. Yeah. So they have that now, which is weekly, but the main new Japan is not weekly. Yeah. So taking that into account, the $10 price tag there, the network is $10 and you get a monthly pay-per-view and, I'm sure most people here, even CT who came into wrestling in the past like decade ish, I think he was saying, um, yeah. the wrestling pay per views used to be thirty, forty, fifty bucks a month, or sometimes there's fourteen or fifteen of them a year, and WrestleMania is usually jacked up a bit beyond that. That was that often. So imagine fifty dollars, sometimes twice a month. Once a month. Oh, yeah. That's what we're talking about. That's the pricing model that AEW is going with. And yet, like, Impact does four or five a year, and they're, like, 30 bucks, 20 bucks. Uh, Even Ring of Honor's smaller ones are around that range. So this $50 thing, they're saying this is a premium product. This is worth your money. This is it. We're going to do four of these a year, and they've talked about doing more, actually. I've seen Tony Khan mentioning that. He's got his big four, and he wants to do more. Uh that will dilute things. So this this is a a, a build up with their first pay per view since November's Full Gear, 
And this is where we are after they give away so many pay-per-view worthy matches on TV, as far as I'm concerned. They're WCWing it hardcore there. Uh, but I think let's dive in, because the first match is kind of the, the buy-in match. They're aptly named way to convince you to buy the pay-per-view with packages and whatnot, which, by the way, we were very upset about the start time of that being 7 or 7.30 <laughs> based on how they operated with Fight versus AEW, but it is what it was. But the match started at 7.30, and it was Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, supposed to be with Reba, who is Rebel, but Baker calls her Reba because it's funny. Uh, but Rebel got pulled, and instead it was the surprise replacement Maki Ito facing Riho and Thunder Rosa. Uh, well, I, I hear a yay in there. Birmi, do you want to continue on with that? Oh, I like, I, I really like Maki Ito, so. Agreed. I'm, yeah, her and, uh, I like her, and, uh, I actually like all four women in the match, even Riho, but, uh, yeah, but, uh, I'm a big Britt Baker guy, so obviously I I would like I like that match. Now Baker and Maki Ito won, and I think we we were all kind of mostly thinking that was the right way to go. I know GMSG was thinking the other way, I believe. Um, but as far as this, like Maki Ito was a big surprise. As far as for how her character worked, like she got over immediately with the crowd. I thought that worked well. She was a lot of fun, but also a heel, so it was that good contrast. Uh, CT, you're only familiar with her from the tournament as well, though, right? Like you haven't seen her stuff before. I didn't. Or? I didn't even watch the term. I like knew of her because oh. I saw people on Twitter talking about her. Yes. But I, this was the first match I saw of her, and like immediately cares. Like this is the perfect like comedic wrestler where like you can take her seriously, but also she's missing every single head. It's just she was mm-hmm. so entertaining. Mm-hmm. Immediately charismatic. Also crazy that twenty four hours earlier, I did look it up. She was wrestling in Japan. It was twenty four on a flight. It was twenty four. <sighs> That's why they did a mystery like the last minute switches in case there was a delay oh. and she couldn't make. It. Yeah, but that's like insane, and you probably could have a you know interesting conversation there about the COVID regulations. Uh, but that's pretty crazy. I th- I love her. I thought she was fantastic. And Am I assuming the only reason she was able to wrestle because it was in Florida? Oh, probably yeah. Let's let's be honest. Yeah, I mean Texas would be the other spot at this point. But yeah, <laughs> that's so are you saying? I'm sorry. Is, are I'm you saying go she's on. the? Are you saying she's the girl version of Otis CT? No, I said she was good. She said she was funny. Yeah. She was a good wrestler. Uh, she was. Co- I like her. She was competent. She got the crowd. It was good. In so no, Otis. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say Otis. I would say like uh, AEW. Well, no, I wouldn't say Otis. Otis, uh, not there's, good. There's no comparison, right? Uh, there's well, there no, there is no comparison to like literal garbage as wrestlers, but like you know. <laughs> Uh, well, that we'll we'll save that Otis talk for Charlotte later. Flair. No, no, we'll say we'll, that's those mm. are going to be special <laughs> episodes down the line, guys. We got to we got to bank that. Um, but Red Jimmy G, did you guys like Maki Ito? Because really, that's the story is Maki Maki Ito. Because Riho, we've seen her. She's the first champion. Thunder Rose has been the NWA champ. We saw her in power a lot. She's been there as well. And Britt Baker is probably the like how is she not been champ yet kind of thing. But they're she's always been kind of strong mostly until she just loses outright and isn't strong. But Maki Ito kind of made a name for herself here and I think stood out compared to that, which is kind of really good considering it's those three she's in there with. What do you guys think? I'll go. Uh, so I like Alexa Bliss. I like her new character. And I saw a lot of that in Maki Ito. Mm-hmm. Um, I've really never seen her wrestle at all. Like no YouTube, no nothing. But the one thing that stood out is halfway through the match, Starts beating on her own head and then just does a headbutt to the gut, like falling over as she's dead. Mm-hmm. And I just lost it. That was probably the best thing I've seen storytelling wise 
It was in like, that entire match. It was fun. It was like Santino's fist drop in a way. Like it is. Uh, but when she hit it, it looked good too. Like it was actually an effective move. It wasn't comically bad. It actually worked. But she like missed four prior to that. So, Jimmy uh, G, what were your thoughts on this one? I actually do like Britt Baker a lot, and I was gonna like hope for them to win. But mm-hmm. the problem was there was no partner known, and they were going against two former champions. And she, I want her to win the tournament to face Sheeta later in the night, but that didn't happen. So I didn't think they would win because of that. But it was a good match. And that's what I mean, how they, they keep her strong. Like, she won't win the big yeah. things, but she'll still be prevalent. Um, but that was the yeah. way, like, oh, you want to buy the pay-per-view, right? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And I will say this. This is the start of the crazy thing. Rebel, Rebo, whoever you want to call her, attacked the person in the ring and cost the match. So... That's one interference on this show. Oh, what are you alluding to? We'll come back to that every time it happens. The show itself opened. And, yeah, because it was so great, like they were talking about. I know CT and I laughed at it a bit. Uh, The Young Bucks, Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson, Uh. retained the Tag Team Championship over Chris Jericho and MJF. Uh, They won with a Meltzer driver on Jericho. Yeah. Um, I was... Five stars. I was... Joe, did he actually give it five? Is that <laughs> no, it no, I don't know. Okay. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Because I, I, I joke about the Young Bucks, but I also, like, I, I've made it very clear. But I said around the 20-minute mark, it'll kick in. And it was, the, this show started at 8 p.m., and at 8.21, he kicked out of, I think it was a cheap shot from the baseball bat and an apron DDT, and he kicked out. He wasn't saved, but Matt Jackson kicked out. And I went, yep, there we go. We're at the 20-minute mark. And, yeah, then it, it was exciting, but it wasn't good. It was exactly what I thought it was. Uh, anybody want to chime in on that? I mean, Bear Me, you were laughing a bit there? Or? I uh, I just really don't like the Young Bucks because they can't tell a story in the ring at all. Exactly. And their matches are just big spot fests, and there, I freaking hate them. There, there was no story. CT, I think you can concur with that, right? Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, sure, like, the flips are like, oh, it's cool to see, but, like, when you have a broken back and they've been selling this for, like, 20 minutes, it's not fun just see, like, go on, like, oh, I'm going to flip out of the ring and then do a flip. Like, it, it doesn't work. It's mm-hmm. not It's not good. You're not good at, like, you're good at, you're very athletic in the ring, but I don't know if you're good at, like, wrestling. Yeah, there, it was it was exciting to watch, but it wasn't good. Uh, GMSG, uh, I know the back thing came up because he was in the... Uh, walls of Jericho for a bit, which made sense in that in that moment. But it's a bad back with Walls of Jericho, but he still did all all the things he does. And oh yeah, nine super kicks between the brothers at one point. And I was you guys were counting, and you guys were ahead of me. And I'm like, oh, I'm at three. You guys are at seven. This oh, is interesting. Well, because MJF wouldn't go down. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the bat moment by Wardlow, the second interference of the night. That's two for two so far. I'll piggyback off that. It was in the same exact location of the camera, the hard camera. Yeah. Same spot, like back-to-back matches. I get one was on the buy-in, so if you didn't watch the buy-in, you didn't see it. So oh. that's our only argument against it. But man, but, there's there's fans in the crowd. There's they're the ones seeing all the same things too. It's it's not just a matter of buy-in or not. There's people there. And you guys may know this better than me. Um, you said they don't tell any story in the match, but the whole match itself was a story. They were fighting on behalf of the attack of their. Bothered, so yeah. They were fighting for him. Yeah, so Jericho and MJF won a battle royal to be the number one contenders. And they attacked Papa Buck and attacked him and bloodied him, and the Young Bucks wanted revenge. 
the titles, though. That's for the, the tag team championship. Well, they earned the tag teams by winning Battle Royal, so... Yeah. But instead of the, wanting the, to I, prove themselves against who everybody, even those two, call the best team in the world, they went personal, and it was more about personal vendetta than defending the titles, but they happened to defend them anyway. It's... Yeah, I mean, what I mean by not telling a story during the match, though, is whatever happened in Minute 5 had no bearing on Minute 20. Ah. And the, from a guy who likes Bret Hart stuff, yeah, everything falls to, to the next stuff, and... We'll come to a match that did that. Like, it's not like it's impossible. It is, e it, I almost said easy to do, but no, by people who are good at it, it's easy to do because they know what they're doing. Uh, that's why it's a bit sad that Jericho wasn't able to because he's actually good at it. Um, I'll also give a very big positive to that match. It wasn't 30 some minutes. Yeah. No, it was it actually, was, it was really short. It was actually officially, I think, 17 because five minutes of entrances. Um, the the yep. thing the thing that really got me with that one though is like I, I think I was laughing during the voice chat that MJF was born after Jericho made his wrestling debut like that's the age disparity there so I said before MJF is going to learn everything he can from Jericho this is nothing but good and honestly Bucks don't be so in your whatever that you know everything that you wrote a book telling us how you know everything and you made a company and all this stuff learn from guys like Jericho and even MJF because MJF is better than you and he's been doing it way, way less. Oh, and uh, speaking of uh, shots at WWE, MJF did like 30 suckets to one of the Jack and oh, Jackson yeah. yeah, I think it was actually nine. I think I saw someone post that. He did nine suckets to him. Hey, but now we're going to get uh, face Chris Jericho out of this because they'll probably get kicked out of the inner circle by MJF. Yeah, that seems to be where they're going with the uh, war table. Or War Council mm -hmm. and other things that are copying off our frontline names uh, are coming up on Dynamite. So, yeah, we'll see where that goes. Then we'll have another match, and that'll be good because MJF already beat Jericho, who was dastardly and dirty. So why would we care about seeing MJF versus face Jericho? AEW. Speaking of tag team battle royals, we had another one because MJF and Jericho won one to get the tag title shot. And then we had a casino tag team, Royale. Not even a battle royal, but it, it's a Royal Rumble with tag teams, but both teams have to be limited. It, AEW did AEW things. Uh, but what we had, though, was, uh, as GMSG was wor really worried about, a COVID battle royal. And there was a lot of teams, and as everybody realized afterwards, it was basically the AEW Dark segment. Because there was a lot of teams you don't normally see all vying for this tag title shot. Uh, it... it I mean, it was fun to see some of these teams, but none of it really mattered overall. And, like, the Natural Nightmares, I think that's their name, uh, just had an argument because friends of theirs got tossed. So QT Marshall eliminated himself after, you know, having success. So that was dumb. Uh, but, you know, it's wrestling. And then, like, Bear Country was fun and awesome. And, like, Private Party did kind of nothing and all the all these it was such a waste until really the end with Pac and Jungle Boy in Phoenix and I, I'm mixing up the teams but uh, Luchasaurus like like guys were just getting tossed kind of easily it, it was really weird but then that closing segment with Jungle Boy and or not Jungle Boy um yeah Jungle Boy and Phoenix was just incredible super super good stuff it was fun but. It didn't need to be that. Like, they could have easily had a contenders match with Death Triangle and Jung Jurassic Express, and it would have been fine. Like, that would have served better purpose, or even just people in better positions. Does anybody want to 
elaborate on that beyond me there or i mean this was uh, it's had a great five minute match at the very very end the incredible. rest of this i'm genuinely shocked it's 26 minutes long because it felt like it went a full hour this i mean you have so this is kind of the logic with AEW, and you can see it with dark like the it's very much at times quantity over quality there's no reason why half these teams need to be in here because there's no chance half these jobbers are winning because they only show up on dark and half them lose anyway like mm. i i get building a division but just simply showcasing them and not having them be genuine threats or have really good matches is enough to showcase your division or build it. I mean, this is just quantity over quality. Last five minutes, fantastic. The rest, completely boring. Yeah, they didn't build the division. They showed it off, but they didn't do anything with it. It's like, yes, this is the list of names for our tag teams. Correct. Uh, G, anything you want to add to this one? Uh, Jack Evans and uh, Marco Stun, who were not in the match, interfered and took people out. So mm -hmm. Or kept people in. Marco yeah. Stunt is very strong. He, he, oh my god, I forgot he was pushing in Jungle Boy and yep. Yep, the two people it, were, were trying to push him of, out. Yeah. There were a lot of mistakes. Like there were a couple times where people just missed each other completely. And there were moments where there was like ten to twelve oh. people just sitting on the side of the ring and everyone's like, uh like, they're just watching. Well Evil Uro had crap. a moment like that with when Stunt eliminated him. He just he he really went for it. But yeah, there oh, was god. there was just some quiet moments of nothing happening. Uh Bear me, what were you thinking during this one? There was a uh, there was a couple good spots with um, where Phoenix did his uh, tightrope walk and then he booted uh, Silver off the apron. Mm -hmm. um, right team won, and uh, that's all I can really say about that. Uh, now, Red, anything you want to add to this one? Uh, the only thing I can question is how do you have three teams from the same faction and yet none of them make it to the final four? They're not good enough. I, I get you're not good enough, but numbers, they, they should have been teaming up to make sure the faction was number one. Like They did briefly. They're, they're, that's part of their, what they were watching. But that was it. They were not doing anything. They were just kind of sitting there, not eliminating like the Wyatts would or the new Nexus back in the day. Like they, they, they had the best chance of doing that, but didn't capitalize on it because they weren't supposed to win. That goes back to my argument I've said before about them not really having agents. It's because you make sure you don't repeat stuff. Like, GMHD's brought up interference in three matches so far around the same same thing. Like, that's... You have things to make sure you don't double up on your show. I get part of that is some... Like, if it works, you want to kind of capitalize on it so it's more natural, but it really stands out poorly. And stuff like this just seems like... Why even book a match like this if you're not going to have anything highlighted or specialized or focused? Like, it, it just seems like an odd, odd thing to me, but... Uh, overall, right team won. It was an awesome stretch at the end there. Phoenix dove into the crowd again. Uh, but I think back to what we've said before, why the hell is it Phoenix and Pac? Why is that even the team? The team of the trio is the brothers, not Pac. Like, <sighs> yeah, it, it, it was quite ridiculous. I mean, you said it on the last podcast. They're always trying to put new teams together, just random people. Mm -hmm. uh, it's wrestling. There's, this is what it is. Yeah, there's no... Re I mean, that can work. I will say that again. That that absolutely can work. There's no reason not to do that kind of stuff if you're going to go with it. And they do, and they've done it for two, three years. But why do it when you're having it at the expense of other things? And that's really what a lot of it comes down to with, with this stuff. Uh, it's it's odd how they can take something from nothing and yet nothing from something. Um, to kind of spin to our next match, that's Hikaru Shida retaining the women's title 
over Ryo Mizunami. And that match, I went into this going, who? And then saw the promo video and went, this looks incredible. They've sold me on it during that buy-in, that promo. That's, that's something from nothing as far as I'm concerned. And when you look at this women's roster and you look at all the names, pretty sure nobody thought that name was going to be the one who won it, who went to the final, or let alone win it over Nyla. Uh, I know people were thinking once it became the two of them, yeah, Nyla's probably losing that. I think we talked about that on our last one because that was before Dynamite. But that match, I'll, I'll turn it over to CT here in a moment, um, was, for me, that's a 20-something minute match, 15, 20 minutes, that actually did have minute 15 build off a of minute 5. Like, that was technical. That was storytelling where she kept trying for the knee and was finally able to go for it. And she was doing a move just out of desperation, like... Everything built off what came before. That is what I talk about when I mean good. That's what the Bucks don't do. Was it as flashy and high-flying? No. Was it better, though? Yeah. I, I, I maintain that was a, easily the best match so far on the card. What about you, CT? I mean, easily. Other than the cinematic match, which I get, like, the yeah. arguments are like, oh, it's not a real match. Like, I, I fully understand that and, like, respect that. So, like, as far as in-ring, mm. this was the best match on the card quite easily. It is funny because, I mean, completely my fault here also. Like, I didn't watch the Women's Eliminator tournament. I don't watch Dynamite. So, I didn't really have anything, like, riding on this match, any anticipation for it. But the pre-match video package that played during the kickoff show, and I believe right before the match also, was yep. incredible. It immediately sold me on the story of this match, of this legend trying to get that big win, not going into retirement. Um, and I thought this match was fantastic. This was just like a truly good match. It wasn't like match of the year or anything, to be very, very clear. But like on this card, I think above and beyond anything else that happened inside that ring in Jacksonville. It was just straightforward wrestling yes like that made sense some, sometimes that's all you want right uh now red for someone who doesn't care you didn't care anyway like neither of us did really aside from when like ct said like that was kind of this match like wh what did you think of this one afterwards i i can't lie i i watched probably the first two minutes of it and i stepped away i i didn't know either one of them i tried giving them a spot but neither one of them were just like kicking it for me in the first mm -hmm. i've heard i need to go watch it because it's one of the match of the nights from a lot of people yeah i might go look it up but i can't lie I, it wasn't for me in the first two minutes and then like i said i stepped away that's fair uh but that it, that speaks volumes to it now i'll, I'll mention a match that kind of got me doing that later too uh, uh bear me what were you thinking of this one um i was actually uh really intrigued by it when uh when i seen who won and uh plus you i mean right yeah i did yeah. and uh mizunami was kind of a star of that tournament she was really damn good mm -hmm. and um can we get more of white suit Sheeta? by the way that's just badass yeah. yeah but um but yeah the match itself i feel like it did start out kind of slow but it built and uh, there was a lot of story in it, and I really did like it. It, it was my match of the night, besides the cinematic match. So, yeah, I agree with CT 100%. And we go to our interference correspondent, GMSG. What did you think of this one? It was, yeah, like they said, it was easily the best match on the card, other than the cinematic. Mm -hmm. um, why don't they give time to her, though, on Dynamite? That's the thing that drives me nuts. Like, mm -hmm. they can prove it. Give them time. Their women's division is really good. Yeah, they just gotta they just gotta promote them more, man. Like they can shine. They that could be like your star thing. But 
Well, like and in a bigger belt, you, you need a you need a bigger belt. The fact that's that that's so small still, like it, on the I did check out like for I just want to see the setup for the women's tournament, and it was the tag team match, and they all come out, and the team was all champions. It was the AW Women's Champion and some champions from Stardom, and like mm -hmm. it clearly like it looks like a toy belt, and then the rest are like looking like real belts. Mm. It was embarrassing if i'm being honest like well, definitely get a bigger belt it's been years when um when yeah. Sheeta holds the belt up and it's smaller than her hand and you think about it and she's what like five something and it's smaller than mm. her hand come on like <laughs> that that's laughable it, it's it's too small what was also laughable though was when mm. interference came out afterwards so it wasn't during the match but uh we had a run-in of all the people from before baker and like rose came out and all these people came out uh, Guerrero and uh, Rebel, Reba, they were all attacking and beating both of them down, but then Thunder Rosa came out and made the save and everybody ran away. Because one person yeah, can it was bad. do that. It was, it was that, that, yeah, really, that doesn't really make bad. sense. No. I just want to yeah. quickly say about the Nyla Rose thing. Like, I think Nyla Rose is quite a good wrestler, and I can get being frustrated that she's booked in this position, but I just want to quickly say, like, not an excuse to be transphobic against her. I've seen a ton of shit on Twitter of people oh. being like, oh, she's booked badly, so this is an excuse to be transphobic. It's not an excuse. Like, go to hell if you're that person. Yeah. It's uh, also like, not why she's booked badly. Booked horribly. <laughs> it's horribly. Exactly. Not, no, it's just... It's, yeah. So, just being very clear, that's, you know, not acceptable, but being mad at the booking, absolutely. Yeah, no, if you're scum, you're scum. Like, don't don't see this as a reason to be scum. You're still scum. You see that opportunity and you take it. Don't be don't be trash. Don't listen to us. Go away. Uh, yeah, so, the, the next match, though, Miro and Kip Sabian versus the best friends duo of Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy. Uh, started in the back where Miro just ambushed and bloodied Cassidy, and then they came out into the match, and Trent was fighting kind of handicap until Cassidy came out, took Miro Chuck. out. It was Chuck. Trent, Trent's injured. It's Chuck Taylor that's uh, with uh, best friends right now. Did I say the wrong name? Forgive me. You I said Trent, yeah. I, forgive me. Because uh, I'm reading, I, say Ch I see Chuck right here. Uh, but Chuck uh, got his ass beat, and then Cassidy came out, and it was actually fun. It was the Miro that we've been wanting for a while now. And the right team won with Miro getting that submission. Uh, as far as for what it was, it did exceed my expectations because it was just a TV match. At the same time, it's still just really just a, a, a decent TV match is really all it was. It, it wasn't anything to write home about. Would anybody agree, disagree on that one? I agree. I think... Uh... I do think that the right guy went over in Miro. They're actually, it looks like they're actually going to try to push him, maybe. I like that that badass, like, like you know how he was, like, the Bulgarian badass. Like, like just be mm -hmm. a badass, like, in WWE, like, when he was first there. If they can, like, if they can just get that, tap into that potential with Miro, I mean, he could he could be a future champ, and that would be yep. really awesome, because I, I like Miro. So, but uh, for the match itself, I mean, yeah. Uh, I was actually surprised that they won. I, I was following the build, and I was like, oh, man, because, like, it seemed like at everything, Miro was just always whooping their ass. And then, yeah. so you were like, oh, maybe they'll get their comeuppance. Nope, Miro's just going to fucking kill you. So, <laughs> yeah. But that's my thoughts. I do love how the previous match had attack afterwards. This one had attack before. Yeah. Too. <laughs> it was, like, back-to-back -back brawls. I'm like, okay, that's weird. That goes back to the agent thing I say where they don't really book their shows well with the order. I mean, Impact has a problem with that too where the show order just is off completely. But And they also had Ford interfere in a way too. So it was just mm -hmm. like, really? Yep, interference confirmed. Thank you. 
uh, red on the ass. Oh yeah, yeah, yep, that, that's yeah. all we needed. It, it was I a think TV match. at least the best friends didn't win because yeah. I was worried like attack beforehand with the big heels and then the heel mm-hmm. faces come up and that yeah. would look kind of shitty. But like they didn't do that, so again, passable should have probably been on dynamite. Mm-hmm. Would have been a good like mid-hour match, top of the hour type of thing. Uh, red, anything to add? Uh, honestly, this I think the match placement may have hurt it. If anything, I think mm. it should have been later in the night as far as like a cooldown match because it definitely sucked the money out of the next match we're going into. <laughs> well, the the next match was the big <laughs> money match, so I'll use your transition there. Uh, Adam Page versus Matt Hardy. I joked about it being fifteen minutes, and it was fourteen and change. Uh, a big money match and. Like, even the promo package was about four minutes because they had to explain the fact that it was about getting the first quarter earnings, then it was, like, both were wagered and back and forth, and... I mean, this match, for the majority of it, was simply just a one-on-one with two very capable guys, one past his prime, one really on the cusp of it and probably should have been there elevated. And the Dark Order did interfere, pretty much as GMSG said, like... Why aren't they helping? And they came out on screen when he said it on mine, and I was ahead. And he won. And the right the right guy won. They're gonna have the comical stuff with the money. We were all worried that Adam Page would lose, and he'd be all broke, and that would be the comedy thing about him being a broke drunk. But thankfully, they didn't. The right guy won. He there's no reason Matt Hardy should even be here, but he did what he did. It's still like why why is this even what they did? This was a waste of Adam wait, Page, but I don't want to dwell wait on a that, minute. But I'm going to disagree with that statement you just made. Matt Hardy shouldn't be there. I disagree. I think he should be there, but not as a wrestler. I think no, his but, ability on the mic mm-hmm. should have been enough for this, and he, maybe he does a... Uh, honestly, as a businessman, I think he should have had a private party face Hangman Page with the same stip for the money, just like pay his people to do it for him. Okay, but that's that's what I'm saying though. Matt Hardy in this situation, he shouldn't be there. He should not be the wrestler opposite Adam Page. So you you didn't say wrestler. You just said shouldn't be there. So no, that's what I went off of. Yeah, well, he's there in the match. What? I think he should be there, but not as the wrestler. I mean, I think like Matt Hardy. There is a very specific way you could use <clears throat> Matt Hardy. I don't know why they dropped the broken gimmick. Like, I think that's dumb because that's clearly like the gimmick people want. He himself has said because there's not enough fans and it's a fan base gimmick. Well, you did okay. I mean, when you were in Impact killing it, it was because you were at your house like talking to giraffes and kangaroos. So like, let's not act like you had a lot of fans there, like mm. at your house. But like, you had a whole episode of Impact go from your house with no fans. Like, definitely ways you could do it. But and like, they've, they've got the loyalist enough, of loyal fans with a thousand they get right. So like, it absolutely it, it would work. But I think Matt Hardy just like he is one of those people who like he goes on Twitter and he just shits on everything WWE does and he just comes off as like this old man and it's just like I don't care about Matt Hardy anymore he comes off as an asshole he isn't good in the ring really like this also this match just went like five minutes too long again this was like it was a fine dynamite match but I don't need it on my pay-per-view for sure and the best spot was the ending with Dark Order throwing Hangman back up for the buckshot lariat that that was the moment and we didn't need 14 minutes to get there no, I will. I will say though, this was probably Matt Hardy's best match in AEW, but I think that's more because of Hangman Page and mm-hmm. how good he is. So, and he's not going to lose again until he takes that title off of Omega. Oh, he will lose again, yeah. but he'll take the <sighs> title too. Like both things. Yeah, will but that's because yeah. Red. That's what I was saying. Like he shouldn't be in this position of a fifteen-minute match with Adam Page. That's 
yeah, we're we're all in agreement there at least. But you no, know, he can definitely talk him in the ring. So, I mean, to argue your point a little bit more, and I hate to argue it, but oh, go ahead. We have a what fifty six year old person get involved in the next match, and then a fifty six year old with an actual match in the second to last match. So there's many people that shouldn't be on the show, and this is what I think is going back to the whole we want to be the future AEW blah blah blah, and yet. We're gonna bring all these people in to do the business. See, I got I got no problem with Matt Hardy losing this kind of match, but it shouldn't have been a fifteen minute one where Adam Page had to sneak it out with help from the Dark Order. Technically, the good guy needed help. I mean, it would have been a lot quicker had Private Party not gotten interfered either. Remember, they started off with the mm-hmm. interfering probably about four or five minutes before the match ended, so mm-hmm. it could have been a ten minute match. It's just a weird match overall. I feel. They literally just couldn't think of anything with Adam Page near title, so they just put a filler match. Yeah, it really, it really so. felt like filler. It really did. It really did. But I mean, we'll we'll go from filler to the face of the Revolution ladder match. Uh, the winner gets a TNT title shot in the future, and we learned it would quite literally be on Dynamite this Wednesday. So there's no build beyond that. So thanks, guys, for telling us that after the fact. Uh, it was in order: Max Caster rapping about current events. Lance Archer, Scorpio Sky, Penta El Zero Medro, Cody Rhodes with the epicest of epic entrances with Pyro that was more impressive than something later, and the mystery opponent, All Ego Ethan Page. Uh, they battled over a giant Sonic ring, and I took screen caps of it. <laughs> it could literally fit over Scorpio Sky and anybody's head, and they can't get their full hand around it. It's that big of a dumb ring. Like, it's it's as literal as you get with this allegory of of BS that they're doing about not wanting to copy it, and yet they did that. Now, I can get the idea of that because it's a literal statement, but still, oof. The match itself was fun as ladder match train wrecks get. Don't get me wrong. I was super happy for Ethan Page. We'll talk to GMSG in a second. Getting a payday is basically what it is. We'll, we'll go from there. But as far as for Scorpio Sky winning... Bear me, I'll go to you first with this. You said the right guy won. You said that earlier. We did hear that. But what mm-hmm. did you think overall of this match? Well, like you said, as ladder matches usually go, it's kind of a train wreck. And um, that's what it, that's what I felt it was. There's was, there was some really good spots, mm-hmm. lit, like normal ladder matches. And like I said, the right guy did win in Scorpio Sky, because I know that they're high on him. And eventually, because we all know the whole SCU thing, they're going to break up eventually when they lose. So... Why not push Scorpio Sky to the moon? And yeah, I like it. Uh, Red, do you want to piggyback off that? I, I'm still. I mean, I'm going to go ahead a little bit, but as far as AEW goes and the whole saying of the inmates running the asylum, you got the Young Bucks winning, Hangman Adam Page winning, spoiler, Kenny Omega winning, and yet even though Cody Rhodes lost, I feel like he booked him to be the star by getting injured, leaving, mm-hmm. and the worst part about that was you're standing at the top of the ramp looking and watching the match the entire time. At least go into the back if you're going to be quote-unquote injured well, and he, then make your triumphant return. He wasn't just watching. I'll, I'll argue that. He wasn't just watching. He was there talking with Arn about, do I go back? Do I not? I'm so hurt. No, no, no. After that, they went up the ramp and into the little tubes that they come out of. Yep. And they were both looking around the corner. Like on camera, you could see them looking every five seconds. Yeah, no, but they were—they weren't just watching. They were talking about going back and do I go back in? They were—they were, they were playing that up. 
no Either way once they actually went fully backstage you could see arn and cody like walk around and like i see what i do because i also noticed what Rick said it wasn't like it just in the entrance ramp they were like talking about it you could see him peeking like looking and seeing if it was time i missed and the peeking forgive was, me that's very ridiculously bad the, the biggest problem was they kept the camera facing the stage the entire time so you could like for at least five minutes while everything was going on in the ring, you were distracted by it because you could see Cody and Arn just in the tunnel. That is terrible to the superstars that were actually competing in that match. It took away from the actual match yeah. in the ring, which it made it seem more like I was saying earlier with the whole AEW crew. Right. It's more focused on them throughout yes. the entire show. Uh, exactly. The actual wrestlers that we should be pushing forward. 100%. No, they push themselves forward. They're, they're always on the posters. It's always the elite and Moxley. That is... <laughs> That's it. That, that's them. That's that. You're right. It's them, the elite, Moxley and Allen. Um, and the funny thing is, being the elite, the SEU group is like a major part of that. So mm-hmm. in a way, they're kind of an extension of the elite. But it it, it it did crap on them, yeah. And I didn't like I said I did I missed the the peaking. But the idea of them being there was like, oh man, that's how injured Cody is. That's how rough that was. To to show that he can do the valiant comeback, which I'll get to that in a second. Uh, what made me laugh was that Penta went through that yep. same thing and nobody gave a damn about him. And he just lay on the floor <laughs> dead for the same period of time. Um, what what I was going to actually mention with the last match, Adam Page and Matt Hardy that I forgot, was that was the first time I checked my phone all night. I checked out partway through that. I didn't do this one. Um, this one, at least I was watching everything. Because every time I was like, what the hell's Cody doing up there? They, okay, I get you're hurt, but it's a ladder match. Go back. Like, c- come on. Y- what are you doing? You can have the victorious comeback as a big hero face? No, because he came back with his weight belt whipping everybody and the live crowd booed him. Their own roster and fans booed his hero's return. That made me laugh. And, and don't forget, he not only came back, he came back swinging his like weightlifting belt that yeah. goes around his back. Yeah. Just smacking the crap out of everyone. Yeah. Uh, Ethan Page posted a picture today saying, thanks for the new tattoo. What a generous EVP. And, and it's, it's of, a welt. Speaking of a man, I really wish was not there because I feel like he's going to disappear in a few months. Mm. He also got closed on by an interfering Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah, another interference. He, Ooh, every match. He did probably mark out a little bit for that. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, but I, it's it's also a ladder match. This is the one. This is yeah. the first match where that wouldn't be penalized because hey, whatever. But then Pentagon super kicked him. <laughs> yep. Which was also pretty funny. Uh, overall, though, like, CT, what do you think on this thing? Like, You know, it was a fine ladder match. I don't think there was anything spectacular here. Uh, Cody's, you know, as much as I hate at the time I was really against Cody's storyline, it was mostly because I thought he was going to come back and win. The mm. fact that he didn't win, you know, at least it's a little bit more tolerable that way. Um, I mean, it was fine. Scorpio Sky, good talent happy they put you know i think that's a good opportunity for him but i mean not to downplay it it was a good match it was a good ladder match but like we've seen these before it didn't do anything revolutionary yeah yeah i'm like max caster was a lot of fun he stood out a little bit early uh ethan page is ethan page like ct or we we've all liked ethan page to some extent Mm -hmm. and had hopes for an nxt run because that would be neat. And I'm happy he's getting the payday. I know Jesus is not happy he's there because he's going to get lost. That's him hoping he won't and banking on it. And if anybody can stand out, it's potentially him. 
but he's not part of the elite. And we just talked about that. Like, it's the same people in the posters two years running now. That's starting to get a little... Eh, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, as far as for people, you know, joining AEW, though. Uh, remember when Big Show joined and he got a shirt that says No More BS? That's pretty, that's pretty clever. I like that. Uh, Paul White, they're announcing a Hall of Fame-worthy person would join. And we saw that Christian Cage came out and signed a contract with a remix of his TNA theme song. And he's now All Elite. Holy shit. Didn't see that uh, one coming. Oh. Uh, well, hold not on. A fan. CT, what, 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 you, you finish your part, then we'll see Red's counter. No, I mean, this, I, I, you know, we'll, I don't know how he's going to be used. I think they should be working on, they have a huge roster already. You don't need more people, but like, especially after the Rumble, where it seemed like he was on such good terms with WWE and he mm-hmm. was back. Like, this one genuinely was a shock yeah. out of everyone listed. I thought this one for sure, like, maybe Lesnar I thought was less likely, but I was like, oh, there's no way it's going to be uh, Christian. Boom, no, there he is. We we honestly thought, like, there's no way he could go because th- he's in the middle of a story that can be with Edge regularly. Like, that it just seemed like it didn't make sense. It didn't seem possible. It was a damn letdown from finding out it was Christian Cage, which, again, I'll say it. We're about the future. We're going to be the future of wrestling. Let's bring somebody that's been around for 30 years. And I'm not lying. He is a Hall of Fame talent worthy, but they could have easily got a new guy. Maybe somebody from the Indies, maybe somebody that's young uh, from another promotion, and be like, Big Show's backing him, saying, this guy's a future Hall of Famer. I have faith in him. Mm-hmm. Have somebody come in and make a big impact. Nope. We brought in Christian Cage, walks to the ring, waves, walks away. Like, no speech, no anybody else talking. It was literally three minutes of him walking. It, it was such a letdown from the whole hype of Big Show and then, Tony Khan, like, emphasizing, yep, Big Show's right, we got a huge signing. Like, and then they do these little hints and teases, and it's like, mm-hmm. Big Show earlier night teased outwork any, everyone. Like, yep. no, that, he's never used that before, so how are you giving us a hint on something you guys are creating? Like, well, they kept calling it a big signing, and I'm like, it's not really a big, and that's what everyone was focusing it on, but it was more of like, hey, we got somebody that you all know, and we're happy to have him. I will. I think this is a huge signing. I, I will. I will agree with something you said there. It, it is similar to how Big Show came over. The news wasn't so much that Big Show left, or sorry, the Big Show joined. It's that he left there, and this is the same thing. Like, oh my God, Christian's here! I didn't know he could leave. Was more impressive than, oh my God, he's here now. It, it is again the fact that the person left, and both Big Show and Christian were guys that left he, WCW to WWF back in the day. Christian with the TNA early. These are the guys that have tested those waters. They've done this before. So it is not surprising. What is surprising to me is that Christian couldn't come to a deal with WWE with an ongoing thing with Edge right now to work that. Like, it's quite literally halfway through Edge's Mania story from Rumble to Mania. It's like, hey, he's gone. <laughs> um, if they use him like the legend he is and he people learn from him, yeah, this is this is one of the better things AEW's done as far as for helping the future of their talent. But he signed as a regular roster talent as well, so it's like I, I get what you're saying about the future. It's well, it is worrying though because if your current talent, yeah, well, look look at that. Like you got someone to learn from, but you're behind them. The only other thing I could say is uh, I, I I'm against AEW for bringing them in. 
But kudos for him going somewhere where you guaranteed that paycheck because mm -hmm. WWE may have strung him along, but never would have been in that top spot. He always would have been behind Edge unless someone had a heel turn and then they put Edge against Christian. But like, I'm glad he went somewhere where he did get the money. He continue his career. He can have some more fun. But AEW, come on, like. You guys sit there, again, say you're the future, and all you ever do is sign WWE's leftovers. I feel like this is, and everyone says it's dead, but this is the new TNA. Let's get everybody that WWE doesn't want anymore, and we'll pay them to come work for us. I'll argue a little bit against that, because it's not like they didn't want him, but they didn't come to terms on money. They didn't want to pay him what he wanted to do. Like, it's, it's a contract. It's not that he's well, a leftover. They just couldn't agree to it, so he went to someone who will pay him that. And I think it also could be that he's now medically cleared to compete. He wants to compete on a normal basis, and WWE wanted to use him as a legend. He didn't yeah. want to work every couple months, you know? What was the rumor, CT, that we saw that Big Show actually got well wishes from Vince saying, good luck, like, yeah. they'll, they'll use you well, you'll benefit them? Like, that's... No, like, everyone wants to push this agenda of, like, WWE versus AEW, and mm -hmm. like, oh, he betrayed Vince... Vince, I guarantee you, knew that Big Show was switching, and probably same with Christian. You know, same this, as Jericho, originally. Too. Yeah, this portrayal mm -hmm. that, like, they're this evil company, like, this cult, and, like, oh, Big Show's now dead to... Like, shut up. Like, no. it's not... These are normal people. They've been friends for, what, 20 years? Like, it's not like that. Look at FTR when they left. It was simply a case of, look, this company isn't going to use us the way we want to, and that one will. We Why would we stay here? You could pay us twice as much, but we're going to go where we are feeling like we're going to be valued. There's, there's nothing negative inherently in that. This this one side just isn't doing it. That side is. I'm going to go over there. Others will just swallow it and hope to be there, and that's it. Christian isn't the cast-off, I don't feel. Now, with, with Christian, again, hopefully these guys, this is the kind of guy that will help them. And Big Show, they're going to get knowledge. They're going to learn from these guys, and they do have the WWE experience. Jericho has been very vocal about that, and even Moxley. They've come in there with this attitude, like, we know what's going on. We know how to do this stuff compared to people who haven't. And yeah, Cody and the Bucks are running things, and Cody's got a bit of a, the experience too. But And Cody learned from Ring of Honor, I'll, I'll mention as well, while he was doing TV there. But some of these guys just do what they do, and they don't know that other aspect of it. Getting guys like Christian is very good for their company and their roster, bar none. And good for him for getting that payday for someone who will pay him for that. Like, that's... You, you play both sides, you build it up, sometimes you go somewhere else. He's left before, he'll do it again... In five years, he'll still be going into WWE Hall of Fame. Maybe ten years. Who knows? Right? Like, it, like there's no surprise to that. It's eventually going to be a thing because Angle came back. Everybody comes back. Uh, it's cool. I hope he doesn't have that many matches. It's funny. I kept saying, oh, it's going to be some ECW legend. Well, technically, he won the ECW championship twice. So, <laughs> wasn't too wrong on that. Well, RVD was the big rumor people were saying. I kept thinking Dreamer, but... And Dreamer's a possibility, too. With Christian, it's a matter of, like, that is... I hate to say it, a bit of a letdown in some ways, because he's never been that main guy, that main draw, like Red said. We all know how good he is. And yeah, he never used that outwork anyone, but that, that's more insider stuff. So again, it's a bad tease. But this is a massive thing for that company, and great for him, and just chalking overall. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a big gift for the roster, because everybody says that he's like a genius, mm. like when it comes to like the the producing or not really produce well i think it is producing mm -hmm. and then just working in the ring i mean he's he's one of the best or at least that's what everybody so that's what his co-workers say but uh yeah it's a huge get for their uh company and uh yeah he probably got paid well you gotta get that as lee would say you gotta get that money from the money mark you know exactly so 
speaking of getting money, that's this isn't Matt Hardy's match. This is Sting and Darby <laughs> Allen against Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. They had a cool sports car. That cost money. There we go. <laughs> Uh, sure. Yeah, I, I I was really reaching on that one. It was a street fight, and it was pre-recorded. Um, apparently, somewhere in Atlanta, I was reading after the fact. It was in a warehouse, which looks like the EC3 Moose Warehouse. Even had a Sting army with a Darby Allen face paint half and half dealies with the mask. And I mean, hell, Sting drove in a truck, and Darby Allen was Martin flying behind him, and it was it was all set up very well. Uh, as a person with an actual film background and diploma. I know that Darby Allen. Uh, I, I now can confirm he has that too. So that's pretty awesome to see him actually use his behind-the-camera aspects in this, and it showed because we've seen cinematic matches by people who think they know what they're doing and have the resources to pull it off. This is someone who actually has like a filmic background doing it, and there was this stuff like the long shadows and the camera movements and the positioning and the lighting. It was another level of that that I think really, really stood out as far as I'm concerned. I loved it for that. I loved the match. It was super fun. It it hid everything. It had star power for all the right guys in the right moments. It did have commentary through, which I know some people in the Discord did not like. I understand that. Um, as I compared it, it's like having The Crow with NFL commentary. I get why you might not want that, but it's a wrestling show. They're doing it. I, I didn't fault it. I loved it. CT, I'll go over to you. I know you really like this as well. Holy shit, yeah, this was this is very me. Like this was incredible. Uh genuinely I think probably my number three cinematic match behind the two at WrestleMania mm. last year. I think I like both of those a little bit better. But this was amazing. I thought this even the commentary I enjoyed. I think Taz as a heel commentator, some days are a little bit annoying, but I think here he worked really well. Uh, but yeah, the visuals, the editing, this looked incredible just visually, but also it truly, I think, elevated all four men. Uh, Sting looked like a badass. They were able to hide what he couldn't do um, in the ring. He looked great. Darby Allen looked awesome. But even Cajun Starks, especially, mm -hmm. they truly look like monsters. And there's just so many small things. And you can clearly tell they thought about this match. You have Sting throw the baseball bat up into the upper part and it goes away for a bit. But then they brawl up there and it comes back. Uh, there's continuity. There's a level of artistry here. Like this is truly like one of my favorite matches of the year. I, I, this was a match mm -hmm. I had nothing excited for. I was dreading this match. I thought this was going to be shit, and I, I loved this. I know a lot of people didn't like it apparently, which is you know good on you. But I, this is very me. Yeah, we were all dreading it going in. You can go listen to our last one for that. Uh, but we were hopeful because we were curious to see what they would do. Uh, GMSG, what were you thinking on this one? One, there was interference by multiple people on both sides. <laughs> That's why I went to you first, yes. <laughs> but um, I was pleasantly surprised by it. It was great. The intro was probably my favorite part, actually, instead of the match. Mm -hmm. I do feel a little weird that Sting was like going toe-to-toe -to -toe with two young talent, easily beating him, and I'm like, this man couldn't take one power bomb on TV with a padded chest. He was, or vest he, he thing. was in his element. I get that, but he died on Dynamite. I know, I know, I like, know. You have to ignore Dynamite. If you ignore Dynamite, this yeah. show's a lot it's, That's not canon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but it, 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 he can't beat him in the ring, but he can beat him in this situation. That That's kind of the where I see that. So uh, It was awesome. A lot of things. The bat throw was... Bat throws, I guess. Yeah, there were multiple of <laughs> those. Um, just seeing like him fighting Alan in... The, or not Alan, um, Starks in the middle of the ring, and you see just Cage choking Alan away, just dragging him in the background. Mm -hmm. That was too funny. Well, he carried me. him off by his belt at one point, and then he walked him up the stairs in a vertical suplex. Like, yeah. Cage just looks like the monster he was. 
Red, I know you like a lot of the story and stuff. Like we've talked about the fiend and, and whatnot and the cinematic stuff. What were you thinking during this one? The full thing was a fun viewing experience. I, I guess that's the best way of saying it. My only flaws with it, again, if it is a film thing or if it is like a cinematography, which obviously it is, I don't like the commentary. There, you're not going to be calling something that you're not there at. Like that took away from it. And the other issue is thing winning. I, I get his debut match or whatever the case may be, but they're not going to do anything with it. They're not going to give him a title shot. They're not going to do anything with it. So why not have uh, Darby Allen win it, make him look like the strong champion he is, and then make him look good going against Scorpio Sky? Because he didn't lose, so it doesn't weaken him, but he should have been the winner in my opinion. I will not argue that one bit, but, I mean, it's Cody, and he's got such a hard-on for staying in WCW, so he wanted to write that wrong. What you're right. saying is all the elite is running the asylum again? Well, well, I mean, yes, they are. It's their asylum. They own it. Uh, well, actually, it's been paid for. They by don't Khan. own it. It's paid for by Khan, but he's, I mean, money mark. He likes to like watch being the elite and like jerk himself off that he's in it mm-hmm. enough. He's like, oh, I'm part of it. I'm, I'm in the elite. Yep. Uh, bear me uh, to transition from that one. What did you think of this match? Like everybody else said, I really liked it. The right guys won. I was uh, going into it. I was actually kind of hyped for it too, just because like I'm a gigantic sting fan so mm-hmm. even though he can't even though he couldn't take a power bomb on tv i still wanted to see it to see what would happen again i, I think a, a guy that gets lost in this whole match that everybody was talking about is uh, ricky starks i think he's got money potential yeah like he's 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 damn good like we watched him in nwa yeah and he was fire he was fire there and he's fire in AEW. and they just they if they can if they can continue if they can build him up He'd be a big player for him. I do feel yeah, like, I love I loved the match. I do feel like everybody kind of had their good moments. Ricky, I think, was probably the weakest of that. Aside, like, he had the cool car, but at the start. But he stood mm-hmm. strong against Sting. He, he kind of held his own. But he didn't really have as good as a moment, I think, as everybody else. Because, I mean, Darby jumped off the thing. Sting had his cool moments with the bat. And Cage was walking around like a monster. And Starks was just cool. You know, that's... It, that that's like saying yeah you're you're the fourth best of four awesome it's still you're still not the best of the four it, but still he he has the biggest future i think of all of them cuz i mean i don't want to say this as a negative but darby allen has a limited shelf life just look at jeff hardy and he's going twice as hard as he did and jeff is beat up he's still able to go but he's gotten smart about it darby dude slow down what are you doing like you're you're only invincible cuz you're like 25 if that yeah, he's got Starks, a lot of bumps on his bump card. Yeah, Ricky Starks isn't doing stuff nearly that close. He's he's got everything to gain out of this, so I think he is the the future of that. So, um, that was honestly my favorite match. I put that on my like keep pencil this one in for matches of the year. I loved it. I love this kind of stuff. It was it was super fun. I understand people who don't though, because I think Lee said it best. When I watch a wrestling show, I want to watch wrestling matches. I don't want to watch movies. And t- mm. To each their own. Like that's that's part of how this stuff has evolved, and we'll probably dive in deep on cinematic matches later as we get some more. But it, I do like to see the very very creative of it. This this is what I wanted more of from the get go with this kind of stuff. But what I didn't want out of this kind of stuff was our final match, the main event, the top of the card: Kenny Omega defending the AEW World Championship against John Moxley in an exploding barbed wire death match. Which had everything from Moxley with an Onita reference jacket to Omega with a, a classic kind of ECW Japan style shirt 
referencing things, and we had three sides of the ring with barbed wire on the ropes, not replacing them, but on them. Uh, there was this triple hell no man's land around it with barbed wire and fireworks, apparently. Uh, one side of the ring was not rigged, so they could get in and out of the ring easily there. And a 30-minute time limit with no timer on screen. Hmm. Hmm. Yes, we'll not do that so we can fudge it and not be reliant on an actual time thing like actual matches have been. So at least they learned that from the real ones. Uh, this was show. They were showing footage of actual Japanese death matches. It was grainy to look gritty and brutal. They had Onita himself talking about it to hype it up. And he liked the creativity that was done because Kenny Omega himself made this. Moxley bled early. Omega bled eventually. They went into the barbed wire, which always got a good ho oh! reaction. Like I said, it's like a ha ha, look at that. That's cool. Look at the explosion. But it's, it's just a little kind of pyroy bit. Yeah, it was perfectly fine. But I was, like I said, they didn't quite go as far as they should with the way they were promoting it. And then the match ended after a few back and forth and they hit the, the exploding barbed wire and they bled like crazy, but they didn't bleed when they should have because the barbed wire wasn't really barbed wire or it was or what. It did. It just didn't quite work right. And yeah, we'll just lump this together with the ending. Then the timer hit because the Good Brothers were there and they were posing knowing it was going to blow up and were big dumbasses and Eddie Kingston came in to save him. And instead of pulling him out of the ring, which he easily could have done, uh, covered him to make sure that he didn't die in the classic uh, style that I've seen in those death matches before. Gilbert style sparklers went off and then a few went off and that was it. And they sold it like death and Kingston was out and commentary was, oh my god, what has happened? And the show ended. Now we'll come back to what happened afterwards there, but I mean, there was there was interference in this one as well, uh, GMSG. Do you want to kind of segue on that one here? Or? Yeah, it was funny. I was like, oh man, I'm shocked the Good Brothers aren't here, and because everyone was like a minute ahead of me, they're like, they're here right now, and I'm like, mm -hmm. nice. Finally. They ring explosions, like the side hitting off the ropes, it literally looked like a bunch of firecrackers going off. Like, they went really light. Like, when they fell off into the tables at one point, a ring apron spot, you just see these two little, like, tubes of smoke just shoot off, and it's like... Oh, it was the pots. Really? It was normal pyro pots, yeah. Just, poof, they yeah. went off. Not even in the barbed wire, but it was next to it. Yeah, they were nowhere near it, and, like, Moxley got off of it, and I don't think he was bleeding once on his back no. from falling into him. It's like, they're both bleeding from their head profusely. It's like, okay, these guys probably bladed, and they're mm -hmm. not actually bleeding from anything they're doing in the ring. Well, Moxley did his Death Rider off the apron onto the barbed wire outside, and Omega was able to simply just roll off and avoid it, and even though he was the one taking the move. It, it was just really, really kind of dumb. Uh, CT, what did you think of this um, thing? Hot take. I think this match was shit. I think like this was horrible from like the very beginning. Um, not even including the end. Number one, it looked horrible. You have these like crappy little strands of barbed wire that this is supposed to be like this is you know hyped up to be the most dangerous match mm -hmm. in wrestling. This, and it they looks themselves pathetic. said that many times. Yes. Yes, that was the quote from them. It looks pathetic, I thought. And then you actually have the match, which it kind of is similar to my thoughts on the Mimosa Mayhem match, where, like, it is only entertaining for so long to see, like, Moxley grabbing Omega and, like, teetering on the side of the barbed wire that doesn't even look good. And it just was boring. Like, it, it, these steps, like, I don't mind the death, like, 
uh, deathmatch kind of stip if it's brutal or whatever. Like, I think there's definitely a place for that. But you get stips like this where it's so much just waiting for a spot mm -hmm. that it just loses its impact and it really, like, hurts the actual wrestling of the match. Um, the barbed wire was horrible. The one cool part was the barbed wire bat uh, when they hit and the pyro went off. Like, that looked cool. Mm -hmm. Other than that, though, like, if you have a bat wrapped in barbed wire, we didn't even mention actually on the, um, what match was it? The kickoff show match where they had a barbed wire. Oh no, it was the uh, tag team title match where they no sold a baseball bat. That was fun. Yeah. Um, but if you have a bat barbed wire and it touches skin, it doesn't just like bounce off. So it like connects, it hurts. It's that's the point of barbed wire. Um, Kenny Omega hits Moxley about 20 times with this bat of barbed wire and it just bounces off him each time. There's no blood or anything. Like, it just looks bad. Uh, I thought this match was boring. I thought it was just a horrible execution. And then the ending. It's not even that, like, Eddie Kingston sold it. Good on Kingston for trying here. But then the commentators clearly knew they had to save it and they were like, the heat from it must be the heat that really got to him or something. And it was just dumb. It was bad. Yeah, if, if, if it was a case of simply Omega like failed and it was just the sparklers it would have yes. been like oh what a dick what a oh my god he played us all oh what a prick but then a little bit of pyro went off it's like uh, and then they sold it like it was real on all parties like uh guys no uh back to the barbed wire he moxley even broke out of a move by sawing at omega's leg with it in his clothes and it didn't get caught at all like he just it was you know able to cut him i don't know I did like the kick out though, because the one winged angel he put his foot on the rope, causing it to explode. I thought that was yes, pretty that clever. Was that was really good because no one's ever kicked out, but he, he broke it. That was good. What what did you think of this one, Beer me? Uh, I thought it was overhyped and overrated, kind of like Kenny Omega. But um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Damn. no, I mean like, yeah, yeah, he's garbage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're talking about the match. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> you're you you bring up this match, right? A barbed wire death match. It sounds like a big deal, right? You bring Onita over, who's like the death match, like one of the death match kings. Like he had those barbed wire death matches with Terry Funk, and they were brutal. Like I wanted to see a lot of brutalness, and this was like a PG version of, you know, the old style of barbed wire death matches. Mm -hmm. I did not like it. The ending was. Okay, literally, sparklers and shit. Like, oh my god. Like, why? Whoever thought of that ending, it, it's just terrible. And it, terrible. I know, like, I, I joked about it, but Cody's entrance had more pyro than that. And they walked through that, and it's more impressive. Kane's, obviously, is a bigger one than that. I know, Red, we talked about it a bit beforehand, about, like, the level of a botch that that was. Uh, like, that wasn't a botch, though. That seemed to be intended. Because if it was a botch, and it didn't go off they wouldn't have been getting into the ring that quick. Like, they would have stayed clear of it for whatever big explosion could have been. And I maintain they could have done stunts. Like, they could have done whatever they wanted to do with this as a stunt show with performers. That's what this is. But, Red, to, to go back to you on this one, what did you think of this thing, <laughs> as, as we were saying? I, I, got, I got a couple things to say. One, the match itself was not horrible. I liked the storytelling of trying to stay away from the barbed wire because there was mm -hmm. a good two minutes of them pushing each other trying to go you know, into the barbed wire. One thing I didn't like is I, I know the ring's normally four sides of ropes. The three sides that had barbed wire, I really thought they were going to have ropes because all the videos I was looking up, because I wanted to know what a, a damn exploding barbed wire death match was. Mm -hmm. So all these things, I'm like, there's no ropes. It's just barbed wire strings or yep. chains or whatever the case you want to call them. And it's like, 
Why are there still ro no? There. Well, just take the ropes out. You had a whole cinematography match. You could have easily taken the ropes down. Like it could have been set up very nicely to not have them. That's my first problem. Second problem is since when do referees help their competitors in a match? Omega got blinded, and he's like, "I need water," and the referee ran to go get water. Like, no, you're in a death match. Mm -hmm. Deal with it. No, I agree with that. That like, that was really stupid. Yeah. That, you don't get bonus or special treatment if you ask for it. That's like Dean, uh, sorry, not Dean Ambrose, John Moxley <laughs> would sit there and say, "I'm bleeding. I need a towel." Like, no, there, I don't. Like, blame there is a the level of compassion, humanity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, there <laughs> is a level of that that I can understand. But you're right; that hardly ever happens, so it does stand out a little bit. Yes. So, all in all, I saw that. Then the interference came out and. They handcuffed him and then knocked him out because, you know, just handcuffing him, leaving him there, or just knocking him, leaving him there, either one would have been better, but both, I think. Well, I mean, if you handcuff both. him, he can still walk out. <laughs> right, but if you just knock but, him out, he ain't walking out of nothing. Yeah, why bother handcuffing him? Exactly. <laughs> like, if anything, I would have taken the handcuffs and handcuffed him to the ropes with the barbed wire. Uh -huh. Like, put him up close to it. Like, yep. make this really brutal. And with the sparklers, he may have had, uh, what? Second degree burn, maybe on his back. Mm -hmm. Like, with all that said, and then we're sitting there, and I'm fully into this match. I'm like, I want to see this explosion. Then they're like, the match ends. It's like, damn. Commentators come on. Well, there's no fail safe. The bomb's still going to go off. I'm like, all right, let's go. Mm -hmm. Attack, attack, attack. Then a countdown. And it's this big old siren, and everyone's like, oh, that's the other thing I had to complain about. In the middle of the match, a random siren thing started going off. I'm waiting for some wrestler to come out and attack. Like, Oh, ten minutes to go, yeah. We thought it was like a theme song yeah, or something, yeah. It was weird. Like, what's that sound? Oh, the commentators. Oh, that's the alarm. They don't have a timer to look at, but we're going to give them cues. Like, what cue is this? Is it the five-minute one? I'm not watching the clock as I'm watching the match. Like, I like they could they normally do ten minutes remaining, yeah, five minutes remaining. Like, I do. Because I, I do like the idea, though, like... To kind of make it where they don't know, because that's kind of the point. Like, it could go off. If they do know, it's a bit different. I didn't think of that until just now, with the idea of that is that's the danger. You don't know, so hurry up. But it is a weird thing when we're so conditioned with wrestling that everything that is timed has a timer. So they have those going off, then the final moments of the timer comes on, and Omega and the uh, Good Brothers are sitting there looking at each other like, so do we sit here for 45 seconds and oh. beat them? Do we leave now? Like, it felt really weird. Like, I, I get, I mean, excuse me, guys. It's all planned. Whoa. But, like, y'all should have planned this out. Like, you knew a minute timer was going to come on. You knew, like, do you sit there and attack them before? You, you know there's a timer there. You know it, something's going to go off in 15 seconds. You could leave after that. Mm -hmm. It just felt really like no one knew what to do at that point. Cool. And then when the explosion went off, no one knew what to do. Like, it, it, felt, it felt really... Hey, we have this great idea. Let's do it. All right, we're doing this. We're doing this. Wait, how do we finish this? There's two levels of that too, because not only is it a case where they both knew what this death match was, so when the timer comes up, they know like what's the timer mean? What is it? Oh my god, what's going on? It's that's when the bomb goes off. Like, how do you not know what that is? Why are we acting like you're dumb? But also, he built it. <laughs> he literally knows what it is, and he knows how capable it is. So I mean, there. The, the, Tony Khan even went on afterwards and talked about how Moxley's comments about how Kenny Omega is a badass, but he can't build a, an exploding ring worth a shit. Like, that's canon. They're going to put that online and put that in Dynamite. And that's, that's canon. We, we've said before, don't peel back that part of the curtain. We all know wrestling's whatever. But to say, like, what do you want us to do? Really blow it up? 
you're a stunt show. You had a, a match before where it was all cinematography and goofy angles and stuff, but also still stuff happening within. You can do but, that. There's uh, Tony Khan like, just needs to stop giving. Like they need to stop with these post show interviews. It never goes well. It always makes them look just like mm-hmm. a joke. It's never uh, good. Like what you want to do will... is lean into the idea that it was Kenny Omega being a dick. Haha, ha, I wasn't going to really blow right. it up. Like, that's all you had to do. I, I will say, though, I did like the idea of Eddie Kingston going in there and trying to save his friend. Yep. Like, that's cool. You know, like, he, oh, no, don't die, John. But, you know, like, uh, but yeah, it was just poorly executed, though. Like, but I really did like that Eddie Kingston showed compassion for they, John Moxley. They owe him so much because when he was face down, covered up, he didn't know how bad it was. So he, he didn't know to not sell that good. Like they could have, they, they could have done an audible and fixed that. But again, it's like well, they should have. Yeah, Kenny Omega. Correct me if I'm wrong. He's a, I'm not saying like a, a veteran to an extent, but he's been around the business for a while. He's a veteran. I would say so. He could have easily, with the Good Brothers, came back out. It's like, you guys really think Eddie? Get up! You guys really think I was going to have a massive explosion with me in the ring? Yeah, like, all, all you come needed. on, all you needed exactly. He it can't. He can't cut a. He can't cut a decent promo, let alone a build a decent match. Well, yeah. There's so. reasons he got over big in Japan. <laughs> he doesn't have now, to speak. When you saw the pre-match promo showing the violence these two have done over the years, from the Moxley attack at the first double or nothing, to their lights out match and everything in between with their title matches, there was more violence in that than there was in this actual match, which was supposed to be the most violent. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was a case of showcasing the 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 gore and the reaction to the violence, and actually being violent, which like I think Red said, it was a PG version of it. The other ones were more violent by nature than this, the most violent one. It's yeah, like I said, they had a good idea, but they couldn't execute it. I really agree with that definitely. What was the? I think Bully Ray even quoted Vince McMahon. It's like all people might remember is the ending, and for many people who enjoyed most of this show, that end killed the whole thing for them like it leaves you on a sour note it really does like i i'd always try to be like no no the whole it was pretty good up until that point but did this did this really sour it for anybody here like did because again if, if you heard this past hour or so we've enjoyed most of this this didn't really I'm, crap on I'll it much, yes. but red did that ruin it for you overall yeah i mean like i said my bar wasn't that high to begin with and mm-hmm. all the other stuff was raising it but the one match I was really looking forward to, yeah, like the match itself was fine. But then when you're like, oh, it's still gonna go off, I'm like, hell yeah, let's get this explosion. I want to see some kind of fire, smoke, like an actual explosion. And for that to go off, it's just like the climax was not worth it. Uh, Jimmy Sheep, what did you think though of, of that overall? Uh, I had very low expectations, and a lot of things were, like did really well, raised them a bit, and then that ending just made me go. And that's AEW. Yeah. And then the post stuff made it worse because Tony Khan is an idiot. Like I said, they, they, are... they can explain everything, but don't actually explain it. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't don't tell me that he had a, a, a padded vest. Just say, yeah, he caught him. Like that that shows the danger of Brian Cage. That puts him over. Don't try to save Sting. Sell Cage. That ugh, it's yeah. Mm-hmm. Bear me. What were you thinking on that? I, man, yeah, I, I like the pay-per-view overall, but I feel like a lot of stuff was kind of overbooked with, like, the interference and 
just and the ending did crap on it a little bit for me but i mean i enjoyed quite a few matches on the card so i i can't completely shit on the pay-per-view you know so it was overall a good show for me i think yeah it was overall good it's the usual case where the bad is really bad uh and it, it can really sour things which that's something that at least wwe tries to avoid i mean we all get that with a hell on a cell here and there or a false gun anywhere but I think overall this was good. For all of us, though, it wasn't really worth it on its own. We did have the benefit of watching it with our friends, each other, and, and others in the Discord, and we had the FPL, so again, go follow it there. Th that kind of stuff makes it better, but on its own, if I was watching this by myself, I would have not have been satisfied. Even though I enjoyed most of it, it wasn't, like, knock it out of the park kind of levels. I think anybody, everybody can kind of agree on that. Yeah, especially for like their version of WrestleMania, like mm -hmm. yeah, it just kind of on the, on that aspect of it, it kind of it did underperform. Yeah, but it was still it was still a decent show. Like it was probably one of their best pay per views that they've had so far, in my opinion. I do agree just with the that. ending was a stinker. Yeah, Jimmy Shi, what do you think on that? Yeah, I don't know if it was like the worst or best. I mean, all the shows I feel kind of similar together. Mm. I know all out there was really bad, but I think. It was good, just... It's also a long show. And we're so used to WWE doing short shows now. Yeah, that was what? It started at 8, the pre-show started at 7, 7.30, and went till close to midnight. I think it was around 11.50 when it went. Three and a half hours. It, it was, it was cl damn near close to 4 for the pay-per-view itself, let alone the buy-in prior. So it was, it was pretty rough. Red, did you think, value-wise, for something you don't care about, was, like you said, are you going to... Would you, if not for the FPL and stuff, would you bother with double or nothing? Is the fair way no. to put it? What with double enough? Well, yeah, no. The answer still stands no. I mean, yeah. FPL is driving me to f watch all these, and maybe it's the right thing to do to branch out to other companies and find new things to get into. But right now, it's like if there was FPL or was not an FPL, I wouldn't have watched AEW show. But when they were doing the specials when they first started up AEW, that we weren't covering them before, so I was like, eh. I'll just check the results. I, I'm not going to watch them. So honestly, I probably wouldn't watch them. Mm -hmm. And some of those were good because it was some interesting stuff. It was new stuff they were trying, having some fun, getting their feet wet. They've been doing this for two years and they haven't really learned, I feel. So they're, they're just going to keep doing what they're doing because they think that works. And nobody's telling them otherwise. That's why I'm hopeful for Paul White and Christian Cage to be there and guys like that. And new Ethan Page, come on in, do some new stuff, some different stuff to get in there. Even Matt Hardy can do what he does. Kind of get the, the right thing to the right people. And I don't want to say learn from the mistakes. Because what they're doing is working for what they're doing. But it's not working for what they think they're doing. Which I know is a, a bit of a mouthful. But they, they can obviously do much better. They just need to know that what they're doing isn't the best that they think it is. And hopefully people crap on that fart of an ending, I mean, it's, it's not going to matter. Tony Khan already tried to walk around it and say it was fine because of this, and that's why, like, uh, trying to make sense of something that didn't make sense, but it is what it is. But that was Revolution. That was AEW's first pay-per-view of the year. Uh, Red, again, default, it was their best show of the year. It, it, I mean, honestly, out of all the wrestling shows we've had this year, it wasn't the first. You're fair. But as far as AEW goes, it, it was the best. <laughs> best show so far in 2021. There you go.
Uh, so we will wrap it up there. That is our kind of special quick look, not quick, but quick turnaround look at AEW Revolution. We will be back. I mean, we're every other week, so we'll see you next week. I don't know at this point. We're, we'll, we'll see. Keep, keep, keep your ears and eyes open. It's a podcast. Keep your ears open, not your eyes. For us on all your streaming services, Spotify, Top of the Card Pod on Twitter. You can find us all there. And I will take it out with a, hopefully a better explosion than they did. Uh, that's all I got. It, that's, yeah, that's what this show deserved. For everybody, have a good night.